Radio Live with your hosts, Jim and Sandy Young. Welcome, everyone. I am Reverend Sandy. And I am Reverend Jim. Welcome to Angel Talk Radio Live. Our show is sponsored by the Living Light Center at Church of Faith and Healing. For anyone interested, Jim and I do personal readings. And if you'd like to have a personal reading, you can call 304-567-3354 or email sandysangeltalk at aol.com. That's S-A-N-D-Y-S-A-N-G-E-L-T-A-L-K at aol.com. Welcome, everyone, and we're glad to be back here uh, with Angel Talk. Our show today is going to be Expanded Reality Shifts. So let me begin here. Uh, when we speak of our lives, we have several realities. One's the physical, where you see shapes, forms, and material things, and then there's the unseen, the energetic realm. Okay, and then there is the expanded reality. Now, in the energetic realm is where forces of energy move and interact, and some who are clairvoyant can see this, but most can't. Uh, it's been told from even ancient times that we could interact with this unseen realm. And it took many years for an initiate to learn the mystery techniques that were hidden from the common people. And they would be shown pictures like of the forehead having a cobra head facing outward. Well, today many people know what the process was. It started by working with the endocrine system, the prana tube, the chakras, the meridians, and the kundalini energy to awaken them at the primary locations in the body. Now, each chakra would spin in a specific color and an even speed that matched all seven primary centers. And each chakra corresponded to an endocrine gland, and as the chakra was open, specific energetic situations could be experienced processed, and cleared if needed. And once they were open, then the prana tube energy, which is an energetic channel that runs from the base of the spine to the head, could be activated and cleared. Uh, this prana tube energy is located just outside the spinal column. And if you connect your thumb and little finger tip to tip, it creates a circle with your hand, and this circle is approximately the diameter of your prana tube. So the idea of activating the prana tube was to visualize white light beginning at the base of the spine and visualizing it filling the whole prana tube. Now, typically, you move the energy up the body. Now, in advanced teachings, one would learn to work with the kundalini energies, and this energy was commonly referred to as a snake energy uncoiling and moving up the body around the head and opening the center of the pineal gland. So when one had achieved this technique, you will begin to see into the spirit realm. The veil separates us, and it would be opened, and the third eye will begin to see into the spirit realm. Well, the whole purpose for all this was to overcome the ego self and commit yourself to your spiritual purpose by becoming one with the all, a life of service to others. When one is given these gifts and ability, there is no turning back. 
Your life at this point is committed to God, the light, and the higher beings who serve the divine. Many people have learned how to open the chakras, the seven centers that run from the base of the spine to the crown of the head, where chakra one is red in color, conical shaped, with the point facing the body and extending straight outward approximately six inches. When facing the body, the chakra should spin clockwise and be bright red in color. And you, you can use your hand to sense or feel the chakra. And if it's not spinning or spinning in the wrong direction, you can use your mind's intention to spin it clockwise and brighten its color. And once it's about six inches from the body, proper color and speed, move to the second chakra at the navel. And once again, it should be six inches out. If not, extend it. If it's too big, decrease it. It's important all the chakras spin at equal speeds and expand to equal lengths and are bright in color. Now the second chakra is orange. So take your hand and sense its color. And if it needs adjusting, visualize and change it. Then moving to the third chakra at the solar plexus, See it as yellow, spinning clockwise six inches out from the body and at equal speed with the other two chakras and continue moving up to the heart area in the center of your body. This is your fourth chakra. It's green. See it as spinning clockwise six inches out from the body and at equal speed with the other three chakras. Then move to the fifth chakra at the throat. It's blue. See it spinning clockwise six inches out from the body at an equal speed with the other four chakras, and then move upward to the forehead. This is the sixth chakra, and it's indigo, a dark blue-purple color. See it spinning clockwise, six inches out from the body at equal speed with the other five chakras, and then move up to the top of the head at the crown. And this is the seventh chakra. It's violet. See it projected upward with the point of the conical shape towards the crown, touching the top of the head. See it spinning clockwise, bright in color, and at equal speed with the other six chakras. Now that you've opened your chakras, you may find you feel more aware, healthier, and possibly more energetic. A chakra can close or stop spinning when one's experienced an emotional situation or trauma. If this happens, energetically it can cause a block in the flow of energy that runs through you. This blockage could stir up emotional situations and even health situations. So it's important, once you've learned to open your chakras, to do it on a daily or regular basis. Typically, it will only take about 5 to 10 minutes to activate them. Then there's also the meridians that are acupressure vessels located throughout the body. They are pathways of energy that run from one point of the body to another in one specific direction. They carry communications between different areas of the body, and specific acupuncture points exist along the meridians. Now, meridians are named for the life function for which they're associated. In most cases, the meridian name is the same as the organ it's associated to. There is the heart, the small intestines, bladder, kidney, circulation, sex, triple warmer, gallbladder, liver, lungs, large intestines, stomach, and spleen. And then there are two other meridians. That one runs from, from the pubic bone up to the lower lip, straight up the body, and the other starts at the base of the spine, the tailbone, 
and runs up the middle of the back, around the head, and down just to above the middle of the top lip. And if you're interested in learning more about the meridians, you can call me, or if you want to get a book on it, I would recommend The Touch for Health by John Thai and Matthew Thai. It gives you diagrams and lots of information. But by knowing the beginning and end points of a meridian, you can use your hand and follow the meridian line with the intentions to activate it, and it will open that meridian. And as a result, it helps to energetically balance the organ it relates to. If you have problems with that organ, it's very helpful to activate that meridian. Other ways energy has been transferred to others for healing is through modalities such as hands-on healing, like Reiki and Sekim, and other modalities too. Then there is the aura energies that cocoon the body. It can have many different colors and change colors with your emotions, your mental thoughts, and your physical activity. There are other energetic layers of energies around the body, too. So if one is very healthy, the energy field around the body should extend at least five feet. And when one is sick, the energy fields can decrease. So if a person's energy field is close to the body, when bacteria or viruses or whatever come in contact with it, it doesn't take a whole lot to get to the body and create an illness. But if the energy field is large, then usually the bacteria or virus dies out before reaching the body. So as we recognize that we are energetic fields of energy, it is not so hard to see that other energetic energies can affect us. Every day, we are meant to learn, grow mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. There are times when we are pushed to become more aware. These influences can be cosmic ones, like solar flares, coronal mass ejections, lunar and stellar. Each have their influences. And when the sun releases a coronal mass ejection, and it is a direct contact with the Earth, this plasma penetrates the magnetic field of the Earth and passes through to the energy fields of our body. This fast-moving, high-frequency energy breaks loose emotional and mental blockages in us and allows us to see our mistakes and move forward in a better way. When we acknowledge and release the old patterns or energy, it makes room for the light to fill its place. And as we take on more and more light in our body, we consciously begin to become more enlightened. Each of us are energetically linked to one another. So you may have noticed when some tragic event happens and it affects a large number of people, it becomes the mass consciousness. Then it affects everyone on the planet, even if the event wasn't close to where you live. The emotional energies begin to affect your way of life. If it's a war, you may feel more aggressive, sad, or scared about the things in your own life. But the same is true if, we were, if it were like a positive event, like prayers and meditations by the mass of people around the world could create blissful results for everyone. Now we can see that these energies are quite real and affect all of us. So like I said before, 
We are evolving into a higher consciousness. Many outside influences are helping us to become more aware. We live in a third-dimensional world, but as we evolve, we will eventually move into the fourth dimension. So visualize this. The third dimension is a circle, and the fourth dimension is a circle. The fourth dimension begins to overlap the third-dimensional circle. And in sacred geometry, this overlap is called a vesica Pisces. And in this overlapping area, it can alter your realities. It may only last for seconds to hours. Then you may return back to the third-dimensional reality. An example, you're in the fourth-dimensional reality, and you set something down on the table. But when you're in the third-dimensional reality, it's not there. It will start to make you feel crazy when you can't find it, but eventually you're back in the fourth dimensional reality, and there it is, just where you put it. Well, other situations could happen while you're in the fourth dimensional reality, and that is areas where you live. It can look different. You may see more trees, different roads, more houses, water sources, like a stream could appear in the reality. But when you drop back into the third-dimensional reality, none of this is there. In the fourth-dimensional reality, you may see more colors, brighter, sharper images. You may see things that don't exist on the third dimension, like certain animals, even possibly spirit beings, angels, or guides. As we evolve, telepathic communication generally used, because we are all connected mentally, so our thoughts can be projected to one another. There is another thing the angels have shown me. In the past, you may have noticed flashes of light, possibly out of the corner of your eyes. These flashes were small and very quick, but they were openings into the other realms. As time has passed, these small flashes have evolved into etheric bubbles. And these bubbles can be fairly large. So when a person passes through one of these bubbles, it's like you've stepped into an altered reality. Usually, this only lasts for a short period of time, but the memory is long-lasting, and it makes you question yourself, like, what just happened? Most times, if you should pass through one of these bubbles, you'll feel really good while inside of it. It is expanding your awareness very quickly, opening you up to new ideas and ways of doing things. And if you should feel confused or scared, always ask for the divine beings of light, the Holy Trinity, to help and protect you. They will be there for you. As these energetic projections continue to happen, they weaken the poles of the planet. So the north and south poles begin to loosen up. The earth is wobbling quite a bit now, and this causes our planet to resonate out of tune. Our solar system is related to the music of the spheres, but when earth becomes discord, the music is not so harmonious anymore. This not only affects Earth, but all the other planets, too. 
this wobble can cause emotional upsets. And this can start with a person-to-person being upset with each other and lead to a country-to-country issues. The wobble, the solar winds, and coronal mass ejections are breaking down our magnetosphere. This is our emotional safety net. And when it thins, our personal, emotional, and mental thoughts become very active. Any unresolved fears, anger, guilt, greed will begin to surface and draw situations into your life that matches these energies. This is only so that you can recognize these energies and change the way you deal with them and release them, let them go. Then you can allow the light to fill its place. Always remember, when you're in this situation, ask for help from God, the beings of light, so you can do this with as much grace as possible. The more we can prepare ourselves from these changing times, maybe it can lessen the situations you may go through. I recommend prayer, meditation, asking for forgiveness of my sins on a daily basis, saying mantras, singing chants, doing energy work on yourself, being humble and as loving as you can. Because like energies attracts like energies. So the more we can live in a loving environment, the more the darkness may pass us by. We have to live our lives and make decisions that depend on protecting ourselves and defending ourselves. But when we have a chance to do a good deed for someone, take that opportunity. When we encounter a reality shift, don't fear it. Acknowledge the opportunity you're being given. But know, in this altered reality, time may not be the same as third-dimensional time. It may seem like minutes there, but it could have been an hour that passed in third dimension. Now, not everyone will experience these dimensional shifts, but they are happening more and more frequently with people. I have not heard of anyone teleporting in these bubbles. Usually they come out of them where they, where they went in. But, but it is happening that people are moving through these bubbles. Because these energetic shifts are happening, it is affecting sleep patterns. Many may feel like it is so hard to fall asleep. Well, solar and stellar energy has a very potent effect on the body. And as we are raising in vibration, our brain becomes more active. So when you're trying to sleep, your body is tired but your brain is active, and usually it's hard to fall asleep then. If there is a day of high solar activity, one can physically work hard, and it will burn a lot of this energy so sleeping is easier. Otherwise, it may just activate the va- the, your brain and resulting in you not being able to get to sleep. So all of this higher frequency energy will begin to activate your higher senses Also, your empathic abilities, kinesthetic, clairvoyant. You'll find your hearing 
your taste, and your sense of smell may sharpen. And as you evolve into a whole light being, your abilities to understand what I call the bigger picture of life will happen. Why we are here and our purpose for being here. Jesus gave us a way to live by. He gave us many scenarios so we would know how to deal with certain situations. He opened the doors for us to evolve spiritually. And because of his love for humanity, he lifted the sins of the world so all that would come after would have a way to evolve to higher realms. We are entering that time of moving to a higher consciousness. We are consciously growing to that level, and many are helping to lift those that are struggling to reach the higher level. We are each our brothers and sisters keepers, and it is through this mindset we will get to our destination point. May God be with you. Jim, are you there? I am here. Yeah. I know you have a few things that maybe you'd want to share, maybe even some experiences that you've had, because this has certainly happened to you uh, with some of these reality shifts. Well, you know, it, it's, it started out a couple of years ago in reality and was something small. And so I started asking people, you know, that I'd just come in contact with and, and just to get their opinion, and I would ask them one specific question. Have, have you ever just came home, laid your keys down, you know, where you would typically lay them, and then when you go back to get them, they're not there? And you go, oh, you know, I'm almost positive I laid those keys right down there on that spot. I always lay my keys in the same location, right there on that spot. And so you set off looking for them, and you look everywhere. You, you even probably open the freezer just to see if, you know, hey, who knows, maybe I'll put them in the freezer. I don't think I did or would, but who knows. And so you look everywhere, can't find those keys for nothing. Until at some point you just almost give up. You sit down and you go, I just don't know what I did with those keys, and I don't know what to do. And you look over, and on the corner of the table where you first looked and where you always lay your keys, there they are. Now, did you just overlook them? I don't think so because, you know, most of the people I talked to, they went right back to that spot to start with, and they looked right at the spot where they always lay their keys, and the keys were not there. And they were like, you know, gee, you know, am I just, you know, a little out of sorts today and just don't remember putting them down somewhere else? And no, because they were exactly where you thought they were, but you couldn't see them. And this was the beginning, for me anyway, of something more solid, I'm going to call it solid, um, when it came to, you know, things that, that were shifting back and forth, not so much dimensionally, but just frequency. You know, there are many frequencies in a dimension. In an octave, there's how many, how many levels in the octave, Sandy? You're the musical. Are you talking about the musical from C yeah. to C? Well, there will be 12, yeah. Okay, 12. If you include the black keys, yeah. Okay, yeah, let's include the black keys. Uh -huh. So 12. And so if you can imagine that a dimension, so to speak, is just like an octave, and there's 12 different frequencies or layers 
within that, that octave. And when you put your keys down, you were in a state of a little bit of agitation, and so maybe you had dropped just a little, and you were in, let's just say, the third level of frequency. So you come in and you drop your keys down there, and as you start to, you know, wind down and, and you know, pull yourself together and maybe get something to drink and something to eat, all of a sudden you raise back up to the frequency where you should be or where you typically live your life at. And that's, that's why you couldn't see the keys. It wasn't until you got just so aggravated and you just let go and you, I'm just going to give up that all of a sudden they reappeared. You see, because you probably dropped back down into that, you know, that lower um, frequency. And it's all about frequency. We were told by the Holy Trinity that, that literally there are, there are so many different kinds and different beings on our own planet even. They said, please know that you are never alone. <laughs> and I thought, you know, I don't know that I could ever teach that because... There are some people that can't imagine that when they take a shower, the room's full. Yeah, I remember the time whenever I was sitting in the living room, and all of a sudden this little creature came uh, walking through. Not a creature that I've ever seen on Earth, small, like the size of a cat, that had a tail that curled backwards, uh, you know, and and it didn't stick around very long. It just walked straight through the wall and straight out the other wall. (laughs) Exactly. But but it was was very different. It didn't seem to want to harm anything, but it was very different. <laughs> right, and for some reason, you were probably in an altered frequency, and it doesn't take much. It can be one frequency, higher or lower, can place you in a different reality, especially if you have learned to live your life in a very particular reality, very particular way of living, very particular way of, of doing your daily chores or whatever it is you need to do, where you work, what people have told you, and what you have come to believe. And there's where it really becomes an issue at this time on our planet. If you have really become rock solid in what you believe may exist and may not exist, well, you're in for a really, you know, I mean, roller coaster of a ride. I mean, I'll give you an example. Last, I don't know, it was about... A month ago, I guess, month or a month and a half, maybe two, um, I walked over to Seneca Rock, to the mountain. And, you know, it's surrounded by water, so it really is an island unto itself. And it has a 17-mile vertical lake underneath of it that is enclosed or encased in solid granite. The rest of the mountain, no matter which direction you're coming from, when you look at the mountain, it's facing you because it's pyramidal in the way it's, it's shaped. And it's 960 feet tall of two types of quartzite and limestone. Quartzite, you know, raises the energies. Limestone will, will reflect back to you whatever mood you're in. I tell people all the time, whatever you do, if you go over to the rocks, you know, when you cross the bridge or you cross the river that surrounds it, I said, do not be in a bad mood. Because if you're in a bad mood, you will be 10,000 times more angry when you come back because it reflects back to you what you take to it. The idea is to go there in reverence, to go there in humbleness, and it will increase that. Go there in the love of God, and it will help increase that. And that's the whole idea. But 
How many people, you know, believe it? Well, that's the thing about belief, isn't it? You don't have to take my word for it, but why not? <laughs> I mean, if you want to come back, I mean, I mean, extremely angry, much angrier than when you went, went there. Okay, well, you know, that's one way to find out. And, you know, I've had a lot of people tell me, well, that's your truth, Reverend. And I say, is it really? And they say, well, yes, because my truth is different, they say. And I say, well, which truth is real? If you think that's my truth and you have your truth. And they say, well, it's evident in it is that they think their truth is right and, and they think I think my truth is right. No, not at all. I know that what may be true today may not be true tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, you know, we are growing toward the absolute truth. And when it comes to the material world, there are no absolute truths except that we are one and that God is one. There's only one true absolute God. And everything around us in the material realm has been attempting with everything it has, and it's very patient. You know, this started back a while, and, you know, it works its way up, and it works its way into every facet of realities. If you can change the reality simply by, you know, the keys aren't there. Well, I guarantee you other things, you know, have changed too around you. Look for them. See what else has changed. And you may be amazed, and that's the only way that we are going to get back to where we started, back to understanding that God is not represented by the many. It's the many who are represented by the one. We must become one again. And I don't care what religion you are. Somebody once asked me, they said, can you explain to me what a religion is? Well, I did have, you know... Um, a government agency look into that, you know, to see if they had an idea. And everybody said, well, they can't tell you. I mean, that would be against the Constitution. But watch. You know? And sure enough, they come back and they said, for a religion to be considered a religion, it must worship a specific deity. I thought, my God, you've just wiped out half the religions on the, on the earth. You know? But I thought, but see, what I'm trying to say is, is that don't think that it's not already thought of, that it's not already planned, that it's not already you know, in the back of their minds. Now, they shouldn't be able to do that. That's why there's a separation of church and, and state. But does it really exist? I mean, there's too many things. Look around you. I mean, have you ever gone to the Rockefeller Center in New York um, for art? I mean, in there is a mural, which includes the image of, of Lenin and the Russian May Day Parade. <laughs> I mean, really? In America? I mean, does that not send you a, a message that, oh, might send you a message that, oh, well, they're free thinkers, you know. They allow, they allow other opinions. Really? Is that really why you think that mural takes up massive amount of room in, in the Rockefeller Center? You know, I have seen artists that I mean were beyond good. They were perfect. I mean, when they did, an, when they did you know, a painting of an individual, they captured the soul. And I told one, one woman, I said, I've never seen painting like that. I said, why aren't you showing your, your art in New York? I mean, it's some of the big 
you know, art places. I mean, especially the Rockefeller Center. And she goes, oh, no, no, no. She goes, no. I said, well, they got Picasso in there. And she goes, oh, I know. I could never paint like that. I said, are you talking about the same Picasso I'm talking about? The guy that I think one either one was missing an ear. <laughs> you know? Okay, and I'm not saying you have to be able to hear to paint. Okay, but, you know, one of his most famous paintings, I think, is a bowl of fruit sitting on a table, isn't it? Yeah. An apple and orange, uh, you know, maybe and something else. But it's not even, I mean, okay, I'll even give him the benefit of the doubt that, you know, that paint wasn't as good back then. But, you know, all of a sudden it sells for $2 million. Okay? So who bought it? Who bought that painting for $2 million? Because I tell you what, I wouldn't have given you 20 for it. I'm just saying. Now, you may say, well, you're not an art collector. You're not, you know, somebody in the know. I know a piece of art with a little bowl of fruit on it, you know, is not worth $2 million. <laughs> Sorry. But now it is. Why? Because somebody bought it for $2 million. That established the price, and it established what was considered art. And here it comes. Somebody else buys it. They buy it for $2.5 million. Then it goes to three. Then three and a half million. You see, all of a sudden, they have now, somebody's got on their wall a painting that's worth $3.5 million that I wouldn't give you 24. But have you stopped to think about it? You know, how does that happen? How does it really happen? You know, there's an old um, song, and it says Hitler danced, but it was the dark forces that called the tune. You know, when I was over at the, the mountain, it's amazing place. It was a matriarchal location for most, you know, for eons. And it's magnetic. The river runs north around it, around both sides, and then reconvenes past, just past it. So you have to walk across a bridge to get over to where the mountain is and juts up out of the ground 960 feet of sheer rock. And when you step onto that ground, I have seen people leave crutches at the bottom of that hill and walk to the top of that mountain on the path all the way up to the top and then all the way back to the bottom well, and then pick up their crutches again because when they got back to the other side, it was different. The frequency was different. They were now injured again. And I wonder if, you know, if you could change the frequencies, could you rid the body of illnesses that are are specific to the frequency that you're in. I can't answer that for you. But I can tell you that, you know, when I went over there, again, a month and a half or so ago, two months, you know, as I'm walking up the road, it goes up and around, just, just as you cross the river, up and around towards the base of the mountain, I noticed that there was a stream. looked like it had always been there. There weren't any trees, you know, but there was a... a a huge embankment, you know, on the other side of the stream, and the water was flowing through it. And as I got up to where it turns, there was an opening right there, and you could actually walk, probably walk down in there, but it was full of artifacts. I mean full of artifacts of every kind you could imagine. I looked at them in wonder because I consider myself an uh, amateur archaeologist. And it was just amazing to me, and I heard within me, Leave them, just leave them. And I thought, well, really? Oh, come on. You're not going to do that to me, are you? You're not going to make me just ignore all of those artifacts. 
even if I took them over and gave them to, you know, to the park, because it is a state park and national forest. But they said, no, just leave them be for now. <laughs> and I, I do. I listen, you know. And so I stood there for a couple of minutes, and I took pictures because, and there was a guy with me, and I asked him, I said, have you, do you, have you ever seen this run before? I mean, I know you come up here every once in a while. I said, but do you remember this run running down through here in that great big embankment and, and no trees and, you know, because to me that was a field, you know, and it was lined with, with massive-sized trees. And even down where, you know, it was the run, that was all full of trees as I remembered it too. And he said, no, it's always been that way. I thought, okay, well, I you know, here's two, you know, two ideals, and they're different. And so, okay, leave it alone. So, you know, we walked up a little bit farther to where it started to turn, and then we came back down the hill, and we crossed the bridge and got in the cars and, and left. Well, I went back two days later, and when I crossed that bridge, I had my camera with me again. And as I looked up that road, it's just it's a little dirt road, and as I w- looked up that road into where it curves, there was no run, and there was no creek, and the trees that had always been there, massive trees, were still there. And, and that massive embankment, you know, that allowed for there to be a dip so that there could be a run, wasn't there. And so I started snapping away <laughs> pictures, dated pictures, and I thought, I knew it, you know. I knew that wasn't there, but where did it go? How did he get there? And, and is it possible, Jim, that the person that was with you may have been seeing that reality while you were seeing the other reality? Well, no. When we, when we went there, we both saw the creek okay. with all of the artifacts. And, but he, he swore that it had always been that way. I could not remember it ever being that way. And so when I went back a couple of days later, I was by myself. Um, I don't think you were with me, right? No. Okay. And so, but I started taking pictures. And they show, when you put them side by side, one shows the creek with all of the artifacts in it. I mean, just literally falling off the sides of the bank. And the, the other pictures that I took a couple of days later show none of that, that it never existed. And so I woke up just a little farther, just to where the, the road starts to turn a little bit. And... Here come these two guys, and they're talking, and, you know, they're laughing, and, and they walked down towards me, and I said, hey, I said, how are you guys doing today? Doing great. I said, hey, let me ask you something. I said, have you ever seen that creek before that was supposedly here? Uh, no. I mean, sometimes water will run down off the mountain, but there's no creek. I mean, you can see there's trees in, in a field out there. And I said, oh, okay, so good. We're both seeing the same thing today, <laughs> you know. And they looked at me like, "What? not quite sure what you're getting at, <laughs> you know. And I told them that, you know, sometimes I said, have you ever set your keys down? You can't find them. And all of a sudden you look everywhere and everywhere and everywhere. And all of a sudden there they are, right exactly where you thought you laid them in the first place. Yeah. You know what? That just happened to me the other day. And actually I've noticed that I have to be really careful because it's been happening more and more and more. I said, oh, I know. I said, I've. I got a box to put mine in, you know, just so that, you know, when I walk in. Now, the whole box could disappear. I don't know. 
But I talked to them for, I don't know, 10 or 15 minutes probably, and, you know, about the mountain and stuff. And so then they went on past me, and the one guy says, you know, I don't know what I'm going to tell my girlfriend why, I'm, why we're late. And I said, hey, did, did you just come off the mountain climbing? And the one guy says, yeah. Well, hey, tell her that you left your stuff up on the mountain and you had to go back and get it. That's a really good one. Down the hill he goes. I thought I really probably should have told him that, but hey, you know. And so he goes down across the bridge and he leaves. And so I stand there, take a few more pictures. It's probably 10 minutes that I'm there. And all of a sudden here come two guys down off the mountain and around, and they're headed my way. And I thought, boy, those two guys look awfully familiar. And they walk, you know, almost up to me. And I, I said, hey, I said, how are you guys doing today? We're doing, we're doing pretty good. I said, were you guys just up on the mountain? And they said, well, yeah. And I said, did you have that orange rope around your shoulder? Um, well, yeah, that's, you know, sometimes when I'm climbing, I want to secure myself. Okay. I said, and don't you look awfully familiar? And they said, we were thinking the same thing, that you look familiar. I said, yeah, me too. But, you know, but you're not going to believe what I would tell you if I were to tell it to you. But, you know, it was just glad to talk, be able to have a chance to talk with you. And so they kept on going, went down the hill, went across the bridge. Now, there is no way they could have gotten around me and back up on that mountain in 10 minutes. <laughs> it's just, it's impossible. Yeah, it would be impossible. Yeah. yeah. And yet, when I got ready to leave, which was probably a half an hour or so later, you know, I got in my car, walked across the bridge, you know, in the parking lot, got in my car, and when I looked out the window to my left, there were the two guys. <laughs> now, I thought, well, you know, I'm just going to say goodbye. You know? So I pulled up, rolled down my window, and the one guy walks over to me, and I said, hey, I said, how are you guys doing today? We're doing pretty good. Said so we were came up off the mountain here a little while ago. Okay, I thought, do I look familiar at all? A little, but but I don't know. And I said, well, I said, did you guys see the black snake that was over there that was cross cross the path? And they said, yeah, there was some guy over there taking photographs. <laughs> and I thought, this can't be. I thought, what do he look like? I said, well, I, don't, I can't remember what he looked like, but, but he had a camera, and he was just snapping pictures left and right. And the other guy was standing right there beside him, and I thought, there could not be six of you, you know, that look the same in the world. Sorry. It's just, I just don't think that's going to happen. You know, there was a man who wrote a book. His name was Jim Marsh, and he said, I don't believe anything until the government denies it. And I, that used to be one of my mottos. I mean, what was it, Sandy, a couple of weeks ago? I needed to go see this guy who somebody told me lived up this road that we really don't travel on mm-hmm. hardly at all. I mean, a long time. And, but that he had a, a backhoe and that he would, you know, do work for, you know, for you if you needed with that backhoe. And so I thought I would just go down. And, and it's not very far from where I live, a couple of miles. And I went down and I turned up that road and I barely got up the hill until I realized that I was being followed by three SUV, white SUV government vehicles, and a fourth was a four-door sedan white government vehicle. And, I mean, they were, they were coming hard. And so I went up over the hill, and I turned into a driveway 
where there was a bunch of cars, and kind of just snug in between them. And then, one by one, they were right on by. And they were, I mean, they were, they were, they were booking. And so I pulled back out and onto the road, and I literally had to go into this little dirt path. You wouldn't want to take your car onto, but I thought that's the only place to turn around. And so I pulled in there, and just as I did, I could see and, and pull back out on the road, and just as I did, you could see the, the last car, which was the four-door sedan, its taillights, brake lights, lit up. And so I, I just headed on out of there as fast as I could. And down over the hill and, and to the stop sign, took a right, and back up over the hill I went, which wasn't far from where I lived. And I thought, what in the world was that about? And the only thing that I could, for, I could get, even in a reading, was that, you know, I may have seen something that I shouldn't have seen. And then I went up that hill or up that, that road where I never go, and, and they just figured that I was going up there to check it out. I wasn't. <laughs> you, know, you know, I was not going up there for that reason. I had not seen or couldn't remember having seen you know, something that I shouldn't have maybe. But, oh, I look now, <laughs> you know, when things like that happen, that tells me, oh, maybe there's something to see. <laughs> and that's the way we have to live. We can't come to absolute truth. When you say, I believe this, this is truth, it no longer is truth because, because it has its opposite. And the opposite will you to the nail to convince you otherwise. The only truth that you can literally, literally, in, in, you know, behold, embrace is that God is one. And because God is one, he created all of us. He created nature. He created the trees. He created every particle of matter. Money. Oh, gee, what do we call money? In God we trust? Really? On the money? I mean, and what else is it? Oh, see, there's the almighty God. Oh, no, no, no. Or is it the almighty dollar? Do you see how they sneak it in? It's snuck in. And we don't, we, we let it happen. We don't, you know. But they can sure take the prayer out of the schools. And, you know, nobody's out there, you know, saying anything about that. And you've heard me be quiet here for a little while because till the timing was right. And, you know, sometimes the angels have to kind of hold me back to keep me from saying things that, you know, that others probably wouldn't say. And I'm not telling you that any of it's real. I'm telling you, look for yourself. That is the biggest key to it all, because the minute you accept something as truth, it is no longer truth. It becomes its opposite. If you remember in the desert when Moses, you know, needed some way to keep the serpents that were biting the Israelites, the Hebrews, from them killing them, what did he raise on the pole? A serpent. Now, why would you raise a serpent on the pole if it's the serpents that are biting the Hebrews? Because you wouldn't send a saint in there to battle the, the, the serpents. You know, there is always a war on the ground. There's one going on in spirit at the same time. And Moses knew it. And so he fought fire with fire. Once he put the serpent on the pole, it negated the ability of the serpents to attack the Hebrews. 
And so if you don't catch anything else from what I'm trying to give you today, it's just that, you know, don't hold to absolute truth. Don't go left. Don't go right. Stand in the middle and say, you know, God, bring to me what is real. We have even gone so far as bringing back some of the old rituals that worship nature. We are stewards of nature. We're, but we're not supposed to worship it. And the gods and the goddesses of ancient times would have you do just that. And it's heading that way. What stands in front of our financial, you know, our financial spots in New York City? It is the bull. And the bull was known from ancient times to be that which represented the satanic forces. And we just let it, let them spend the money and put it there. While at the same time, they're taking down all of the other statues. Why? Because they're going to be putting up statues of their own. Those who are the powers behind the scenes. So keep your eyes open. When it doesn't make sense, don't just brush it off. Stop, put it in the back of your mind if you have to, and take the time to look very closely at what it is that you may see. And I tell you what, there's so much going on right now that is not real. And, you know, and it can change the frequencies, you know. I mean, used to be, I think, that when people spoke on TV, they could actually alter the frequencies coming through the TV set so that their voices were magnetic. They, they literally had, you know, the power to grasp your attention. Be careful. You know, if you do nothing else, you know, go to a good church, and if you already have a church, you know, the Living Light Center, a church of faith and healing, you know, give donations because it cannot exist without your help. And trust me, it's a 10,000-square-foot church with a parsonage. And you have no idea of the amount of work that it takes just to keep it up. Because it was built in 1981. Now, it was built good. It was built well. But, you know, you have to know certain things. I mean, if you're going to go into a court of law, you better make sure that if the judge is a mason and the other side is a mason, the lawyer, that yours is not. Because if they all are, well, you know, chances of you winning are going to be low. Yeah, that's true. Well, Jim, would you like to do it? Like to have me do just a very short reading before sure, we go ahead. conclude? Okay. You have been blessed to be able to create, experiment, grow consciously, and to be part of this earth to bring the heavenly love onto this planet. And as a soul that has volunteered to come here to be part of this oneness with the all, as a creator, beings, you are given the opportunity to utilize your spiritual power to envision your mental ideas and manifest them physically. So as long as you hold onto this idea that as a collective group of people, you must learn to respect and appreciate the blessings and opportunities that God gives you, to set aside the selfish part of yourself and embrace the oneness of the all. For when you give a little more than you receive, your soul is lifted in consciousness. And when you go out of your way to help someone, 
a blessing from spirit is given back to you. For it is not the material things that draws us closer to enlightenment. It's our willingness to commit ourselves in oneness to God. For every moment of your life is a choice. And there are many temptations to stray your path. Have the strength and willingness to follow through with what you know is right. The path you have walked may have been not the easiest, but you have made it here to this point. Know that as long as you have faith, God will be there for you, encouraging you to continue through all your help and the work that each faithful soul does. It will help make this earth a better place. Blessings to you. You know, the whole idea here is, what is it that you worship? You know, everything in the world itself is trying its best to take your focus off of the fact that there's one God, one God. And if we could come to that conclusion, we could maybe somehow become one with each other. Start with your neighbor. Start with someone you know and, and allow them their opinion and your opinion, but try to bring each into the center point where, you know, show me, God, what it is I need to see and ask for protection when you do. And you go through the Holy Trinity, the Father, the Messiah, your God and Savior, and the Blessed Holy Spirit. And if you need protection, Kadoish, 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 Adonai, Sabiyat. And, and know whom you believe in, because if you put your attention onto the money, you'll get it, and it will be your God. And it will take you farther and farther and farther away. And if you really want a bowl of fruit on a painting, give me a call. <laughs> I'll sell you one for 20 bucks. <laughs> so, you know, our phone number, 304-567-3354. And again, we are Angel Talk Radio, and we are sponsored by the Living Light Center, a church of faith and healing. And we just want you to know that we're bringing you these messages at this time especially because it's necessary. And it's not easy. How many out there of you listening would, would even begin to talk about some of these things? But it's time that our eyes opened and we looked forward, not to the left, not to the right, because if you look to the left and you see something, the right will argue with you about it. Look forward and keep moving forward and ask that God keep you in his steps. Absolutely. And you will find it works. Absolutely. And when you find yourself in these expanded reality shifts, be aware of them. Take note. Share the information with other people because a lot of times people are confused or embarrassed or think that they're the only ones that this is happening to. And, and it's, you know, it's not. This is probably going to become a more regular thing than we realize because this overlap is going to continue overlapping more and more until eventually we're fully part of the fourth. And so as it happens, you're going to see most unusual things that could occur. And the key is don't let it overwhelm you, you know, because it, it easily could. Don't think you're crazy. Don't think that, you know, I can't tell this to somebody else. I mean, the whole idea is it's going to be happening to everyone who is ready to be lifted up. Are you ready to be lifted up? But are you ready to accept 
what comes your way, what God has in store for you. And I can tell you right now, it is greater glory, greater things than you could ever imagine. Oh, this is a fact. Yeah. And being ready and prepared for it is a major thing, you know, because we have to release our emotional and mental baggage that we have so that we can take on more light and be able to evolve into that, you know, enlightened stage. And so, you know, it's work. We have to grow to have it, truly. Absolutely. And we just want you to know we love you, and we'll be back in two weeks um, for another Angel Talk radio show through the Living Light Center, the Church of Faith and Healing. Yes, so we thank you, and we hope that you will join us again. And may God bless.